In just a few short months from the time they are born, babies must transform their body's weak muscles into fully functioning and responsive tools that can help them explore and understand their world. Giving babies time on their tummies is one of the most important things parents can provide for the transition from womb to world. How can tummy time and other daily routines increase your baby's positive learning experiences and help their development? I'm Wendy McKenna, founder of Strides Physical Therapy and Move, Play, Grow, and today we're talking about tummy time. This is Parent Savers episode 51. Faster than a speeding toddler. Sit still for just a minute. Can soothe boo-boos with a gentle kiss. Would you get down from there? Able to clean poopy bottoms in a single swipe. Oh, what did you eat? Turning frazzled mommies and daddies into procreators of peace and harmony. Ah, quit touching me. It's Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. Welcome, everybody, to Parent Savers, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Parent Savers is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for parents of newborns, infants, and toddlers. I'm your host, John O'Reill, and I want to thank all our loyal listeners who have joined the Parent Savers Club. Our members get all our archived episodes, bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts. Subscribe to our monthly Parent Savers newsletter for a chance to win a free membership to our club each month. It's free to do, and it's all on our website. Another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free Parent Savers app, which is available on Google Play and on the App Store, and it's a free way to listen to our shows as they come out and be kept up with all the latest that's going on with Parent Savers. I'm John O'Reill. I have three young boys, uh, six, four, and almost two, um, three boys club for me, and I'm joined here in the studio by a couple of parents along with Wendy. Hi, I'm Shell. I'm 28. I own the Swaddled Sprout, a natural parenting resource here in San Diego. I have two boys, um, 20 of 20, geez. (laughs) How old are your boys? (laughs) Two and a half and 14 months. (laughs) And I'm Amy. I am mother of the three mermaids, Olivia 8, Serene 3, and a newborn L. And I also blog at BelovedAtmosphere.com. And I'm Wendy. I'm a pediatric physical therapist and mother of three beautiful children, two girls, Martha, six, Madeline, four, and a baby boy, Kellen, at five months. Before we start today's show, we're going to take a closer look at a new app called Alert ID. Uh, It's something that you can download for free on your phone, and it's also a service that you can um, sign up for. Um, It's kind of tied together. You need to register so it knows your location, and then you download the app, and it's for free. And a few of us here in the studio have checked it out, so we're going to talk about it a little bit and tell you guys what we think. So I downloaded it. It was um, free. I was able to sign up through the app. You can also do... do it, and I recommend doing it through our website at parent uh, at you go to alertid.com slash new mommy, and then you register your email address uh, to set up an account. Um, once you do that, you're able to from your location see crime reports for the area, sex offenders that live in the area, and also track your family with something called My Family Wallet. What did you guys think when you checked it out, Shell? Yeah, I downloaded it from my iPad, and um, it was pretty easy to use. The first thing that I noticed was all the alerts of sex offenders that lived in my area, which right. was kind of alarming. Um, uh, but, but I mean, definitely cool to know that my immediate neighbors aren't right. <laughs> registered well, sex and that's, offenders. It's one of those things that that information <laughs> is out there, and I think we all kind of in the back of our minds know, oh, yeah, there's a website that yeah. I can check that out. But I know that we <laughs> never did. I th- or I, I think I did once at our, a house that we lived in while ago but i have never really checked it for this house and that app made it really easy to do 
And then the other thing that I noticed is that you can put in family members' information. That was what I liked. store it, I guess. And then if something happens or they go missing, you can immediately just send that profile with their picture to, I, I'm not sure, did it send it to the police department? I does imagine it? you can send it to whomever. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because it's linked to the, all of the it. authorities, right? Gotcha. Right. So, and even to the Homeland Security. So, I mean, it's it's broad. Yeah, it is broad. And I think it's, uh, uh, my understanding is that it's the one-way connection. It's, they're not tracking you by using it but it offers you an easy way to be in touch with them mm. and you get updates from them as well unfiltered updates about crime reports or if there's any police activity in the area it was actually started um the founder she was in an amusement park and she lost her kids for an hour and couldn't find them this happened oh, to us too <laughs> well it happened to us at SeaWorld too we we oh, were with a big I was we were lost at SeaWorld as a child a friend. were you really yes I was were you found by the right people my parents found <laughs> me but everyone was looking for me and I yeah. didn't even know I was lost yeah. <laughs> right because well, you're but, just yeah I have a wanderer my three year old is a wanderer but it's a scary thing and luckily <laughs> he knew the right things to do but so they so created scary. this you know as a way I think that was the original intent of the app to have all that information handy and then it's expanded to have all this other really cool functionality Mm-hmm. So overall, I, I definitely would recommend this for all parents and families that you should check out Alert ID, sign up for it. Like I said, go to alertid.com slash new mommy and you can sign up for your account there and then head on over to the App Store or Google Play for whatever device you have and download it for free. Would you guys agree? Yeah. Yep. All right, today's topic is tummy time, and it's something every parent and newborn should be interested in. I know it was something that we were definitely interested in as soon as our babies were born and getting them on their tummies instead of their backs. So today we're talking with Wendy McKenna, who's a pediatric physical therapist. She's the founder of Strides Physical Therapy, Inc., which developed the baby and child wellness program called Move, Play, Grow. Welcome, Wendy. Thank you. So what exactly is tummy time when we're talking about it? Let's start with a very basic question, and I know it's a broad topic, but what exactly is tummy time and why is it so important? Tummy time is any awake time where your baby has pressure from a surface, any support surface on their tummy, and gravity is actually pulling them into that surface. So gravity is a key part of it. Gravity is a key part of it. In the literature, they talk about how it's important for gross motor development, so baby's ability to roll over and to crawl and, and to basically move around their environment. They also talk about in terms of head control and decreasing the incidence of torticollis, which is a crooked neck, as well as plagiocephaly and brachycephaly, which is the misshapen heads. And really over time, since the back to sleep program, plagiocephaly has increased from one in 300 to up to one in six children. Whoa. So, oh, wow. Yes. It and is which a one? Big plagiocephaly. Plagiocephaly. Flathead. Flat Flathead <laughs> on an obliquity. So it's the flathead on a diagonal where you have flatness on either the left side or the right side, and it causes the head to look like a parallelogram. Okay. And so then the brachycephaly is where you have a, bra- a broad flatness on the back of the head. And, and that's increased by... What is that, a factor of? There, so head shapes yeah. are created by uh, pressure. Mm-hmm. Pressure from an internal brain growing right. and external pressure from gravity. gravity and, your, yeah. and your head being placed on surfaces or whatever. So what happens is when babies are on their backs too often or on their sides too much on one side or versus another, the external gravity... Um, the external pressure from gravity is really what helps shape that head. And then the problem is because babies don't have very good head control, if you get a really flat spot, 
that's where they're going to be it's comfortable. Gonna it's going to keep right? going there Once because it's... then you've created the ridge on the side that they don't have control yeah. to get over the ridge to the other side. So they, that flatness just becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. And so they're just these soft little malleable exactly. creatures. Right. And then the, it starts and then it kind of builds on itself. Right, because the sutures between all of the bones of the skull are open until about 18 months of life, you know. And so, I mean, it's what it's why babies are able to be birthed mm-hmm. because they have to have their bones yeah. be able to shift so that they can get through the birth canal. And so it, it makes sense that they need to have softer heads but it also makes them very vulnerable to gravity once they get out there because gravity is a new new experience for them from day one I'm picturing poor little cave babies like back in the day like (laughs) but they were held they (laughs) They were were held (laughs) and that's the big thing because that's the other thing that we're not that Tummy time doesn't really directly address con- our container culture. And that's something else I want to really address today because babies are in things all the time. They're in car seats. They're in swings. They're yeah. in strollers. They're they're not being held. And you can hold your baby and also have that pressure off their head. So does tummy baby time, wearing count for... Absolutely. Okay. Well, it doesn't count for tummy time, but it's just as important time. as tummy time. Let's talk a little bit more about our container culture, um, I think is how you put it. Um, and this idea that like we have swings and we're putting things in. And does that have really negative effects yes. on babies' development? Yes, it does. And I almost think it has more of a negative effect than the back to sleep program itself. Because really starting even earlier than back to sleep, all these big box baby stores were coming up with um, containers to make our lives as parents easier not to help support the development of the baby. Right. And but it was really touted as, oh, this is going to be great for your baby, but really it's great for the parent. And so you don't need all of those containers. And what a container does, it's a plastic device that holds your baby in one position. Well, they're sleep crutches, really. And they can, yes, a lot of them are sleep crutches, absolutely. But the problem is, is more often than not, they place the baby in a position that their bodies cannot support developmentally yet. Because babies, especially when they're newborns, do not have the muscle control to be able to hold themselves up against gravity. But yet all of these containers put them on an angle up Mm -hmm. rather than being supported flat on the ground. And so what ends up happening is that your baby, and I'm sure all of you have seen this, is that you put your baby in. They may look great when you first get in, but they slide down and they slump over and their head falls to the left or right. And you're always (laughs) repositioning or even in the car seat, you know, their baby, your head, their head falls to one side. You're always reaching back, trying to get it back in back in the middle again when they fall asleep. And so, you know, really all of these containers, they have straps in them to contain your baby and to make sure your baby doesn't fall out but they don't align your baby correctly so there are products there is a product out there that helps to align your baby if you're going to be using containers to help support the alignment of your baby so that they don't have so much stress and strain on their on their joints and and limbs but really in general a container is just that a container contains and it does not allow your child to explore their world to explore the myriad of movement options that are out there because it's blocked it's blocked by the container and especially in a car seat because a car seat now has a base that can be you know 
left in the car, you click it in and out, you put it in the snap and go, you click it in and out. And more often than not, I'm seeing a lot of babies in their car seats being carted around everywhere. And, you know, the designers are coming out, oh, it's easier to hold this one. It's easier to hold mm-hmm. that car seat. You know, it's more about the handle than like, well, why is our baby in the car seat? You know, really, well, let's yeah, leave the car seat I in mean, the car. Yeah. I was going to say, I do leave with this one. And with my second one, we were in a living situation whereby I couldn't, we didn't have a car. And so I would wear her. And A, it's more comfortable. And it's not really bowling down on my, because in order for these car seats to be safe, they have to be a certain weight. <laughs> yeah. And for them to be a certain so weight it's killing you, you. Yes. The kid in. <laughs> oh my gosh and so we started baby wearing and I keep hearing like how much better developmentally it is and so we're huge huge advocates and in Asia where we were living everyone wears their babies you know and it is better overall um the other thing I was going to point out is you're saying these things about the container it's interesting to me having lived in Asia and then coming back to the U.S. the container thing is a phenomenon they're trying to put things on the containers like a little thing that entertains the baby so it makes you think oh well you know she's being stimulated because she's looking (laughs) at herself in the mirror and there's a little mobile on it and we love our swing but big well, and but, again, you know, big but, you know, and all those fine. things, yeah, and all those things that help to entertain or stimulate your baby are usually overstimulating. Right. Mm-hmm. The best, I've noticed, the best place baby that a baby yeah. can be is with you, corresponding with your eye gaze, you looking at them, and really not you trying to get them to look a certain way, but really when you approach your baby for the first time, look where they're looking. Right. Okay. And then go, go, follow the light, (laughs) go to where they are, explain where, what they're looking at, you know, and and really talk to them about where they are. They'll hear your voice and come look at you. And then, you know, rather than saying, oh, I'm over here or, you know, oh, look at me over here or, you know, testing them by, oh, let's see if you can turn your head this way. Well, don't do that. Go where they are, respect them as an individual and, and then expand on their play and communication from there. And really that by approaching your baby in all instances throughout the day, you know, even when you're changing their diaper, let them know. We're going to take off your diaper. It's going to get pretty cold here as soon as we do it, you know. <laughs> or I'm going to pick you up now rather than just like, whoa, I am just just flew through space, you know. And and so, and that's another thing that we teach in our class is how to transition babies from, move, from surfaces and, you know, so that it's an easy... Th- transition for them to make as well as something that's developmentally appropriate so yeah. I have a little question about mm-hmm. the containers because I definitely use the swing a lot more with my second than with my first um, because it was difficult for us to to do as much constant tummy time as we could do with my oldest because I had a 17 month old running around what would your recommendations be for that I was either holding my son or he was in the swing for months Right. So, and I had the same <laughs> situation. Right. My second baby, um, I had a two-year-old running around, and so the baby's not quite safe anymore yeah. because <laughs> the two-year-old's running around. Um, what you can do is, if again you start day one, usually they'll tolerate tummy time a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You can put a play yard around your mm. baby. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. That's a great idea. So keep keep the dog away, keep the yeah, cat away, keep play. the other kids away. You know, so you can definitely get away from the containers. And really, when you think about swings, and, and you mentioned as being sleep aids, we train our babies with what we do with them. They don't come out knowing, oh, I need a swing to sleep. Right. You know, right. they fall asleep in the swing because we put them in the swing, and they fall asleep there. And it's like, oh, great, they're asleep. Well, let's do it again. Let's mm-hmm. do it again. Until finally, <laughs> totally. until finally, they need totally. it. They learn that that's what they need. That's how they go to sleep. Totally. Versus being able to put your baby down when they're still awake and helping them to learn how to get 
get into that sleep pattern by themselves. Um, we swaddle a lot more to really help with the sleep thing um, because babies aren't able to sleep on their tummies anymore because the ground Swaddling again, <laughs> yes, a, the ground before used to be the swaddle because right, that's what blocked. blocked them. But now that they're on their backs, the swaddle really helps. And just one mo- one one comment about swaddling, um, a lot of people do um, teach swaddling with either the arms down by the sides or across the chest. You really want the arms up so the hands are close to the mouth um, and, and out a little bit. And you don't want the swaddle to be so tight that a baby can't move. They should be able to move a little bit. But one of the reasons why you want those hands by the mouth is so, again, they if they turn their head, they can, they can self-soothe. Self-soothe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So really, tummy time then is part of the importance of keeping pressure off the head. Part of that. It is also gross motor development. And so really what we're looking at is the development of the baby's body as well as their sensory system as well. When they first get out, babies are born with sensory receptors. And so they are taking in information all day long from all the different parts of their bodies. And it's giving information up to their brain. And then motorically, they move to respond and explore. And so when babies are on their tummies, when they're first born, they are used, especially a a new term, full term baby is used to being smashed. They've been smashed in utero. Mm -hmm. You put them on their tummy from day one, they're being smashed into the ground. It's comfortable for them. It's familiar Mm. to them. And so a lot of parents look at their baby on the ground. It's like, oh, that looks terrible. I would never want to put my baby there like that because they can't themselves think about being smashed into the floor. But that's where they're comfortable because that's where they've been. And so if you start day one, it's it brings them back. It gives them self-soothing skills as well because it brings them back to what they're familiar with. In addition when they're on their tummy, babies have a lot of random movements that can scare them and startle them. But if they happen to move or startle and they're on their tummy, they move into the floor, which blocks their movement. So they don't have those big wide range of Mm. motions that then scare them and startle them. In addition to that, the way that babies are um, positioned in full flexion when they first come out, it's a great position for them to be able to get their hand to their mouth immediately without having the motor control to be able to do it. Mm. Because if you're on your back, you have to have motor control to be able to get your hand up and, you know, trying to get it to your mouth and hitting your face and you just, they're flailing around too much. But on the floor, because the floor is supporting them so much, that hand can go right to the mouth and they start that really all important self-soothing skill Mm -hmm. that it's so important for them to, to be able to do. Yeah. So, right. I was going to ask you, when is it okay to start tummy time? Because we started straight away with L, and, um, you know, with each child, I've done it sooner and sooner. And you're hearing, I'm hearing from, um, how shall we say, the um, older guard that, <laughs> oh, why, you know, she's crying, it's upsetting, you know, so we literally set a timer. I mean, how long is appropriate for a newborn? You know, she was three weeks early, and we did all the things that you're talking about. You know, we, in fact, kind of swaddled her to keep her limbs mm-hmm. a little, not a tight swaddle like you would to, you know, place her to sleep, but kind of a looser swaddle and put her arms in mm-hmm. so she could push up. And she has really good neck control. You know, she's already lifting her head. That's and, great. You know, she's not even two months old, or she's just over two months but she can move she can roll you know we <laughs> she rolled over and we we're like oh my gosh it's too early she rolled over <laughs> at a week right so well their heads are so big that you yeah. know a lot of times if they get their head in a position the body's going to follow um, yeah. so that not only that but because they don't have the the segmental mobility in, in their spine when one part goes they all go they all yeah. go together so those are all really great questions the important thing is to know that 
you already start as soon as the baby's born because the first place the baby goes is right on your chest on their tummy. Mm -hmm. That's their first tummy time. And so really when, when you don't hear it from nurses and doctors saying it's important, they're already doing it. They're already helping to facilitate it without really knowing it. And so really one of the first best places to do tummy time is on your chest. Mm -hmm. And so really the idea with tummy time isn't it's not exercise time. I don't want to say, oh, you have to do tummy time to you know, increase all of their ability to do all their gross motor skills. If you just think about it as it's the place to be when you're going to put your baby down. It's right. the, it, you know, then you don't have to set a timer. You're just going to know that whenever you put your baby down, it's going to be on their tummy first. And if they like it and they're happy there, that's great. And if they don't like it, you can make a couple modifications, and we'll go over some of those a little bit later. Um, and if they don't like it after one, two, or three modifications, take them off their tummy. Because really what we want, we want a baby to learn. And we want them to learn and be in a state of mind where they can learn. And and if a baby is upset or crying, they're not learning. Right. So there's no need to set a timer. Say, no, 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 you have to do five minutes here. Right. You have to do 10 minutes here. But if you <laughs> think about it, it. <laughs> yeah. But if you think about it as, you know, it's the place to put your baby when you're going to put them down rather than putting them in an infant seat, right. rather than putting them in the car seat or a or swing seat, or a yeah. stroller. You don't need any of that stuff. Like at home right now, I have a car seat to transport my baby and I have a play mat on the floor and that's it. I don't have a swing. I don't have an infant seat. I don't have one of those rockers. I don't have a bumbo. I don't have any of that stuff. You don't need it. All you need is a play mat that's really good on the floor, that's transportable, washable, <laughs> you know, and, and really one of the other things that we'll talk about later on is doing naked tummy time, which is the best. So oh, wow. we yeah. did a lot of that. <laughs> Not on purpose. My son liked to take his diaper off. Yeah. <laughs> well, <right. laughs> what about uh, back to sleep? We hear that a lot. Right. So back to sleep started in about 1992. And then the public relations campaign started in 1994 from the American Academy of Pediatrics. And they called it back to sleep because what they really wanted to do was decrease the incidence of SIDS, which mm -hmm. is sudden infant death syndrome. There were actually, in a lot of those um, literature articles, 11 different recommendations to help decrease the the rate of SIDS. However, what really got the media attention was the tummy sleeping versus the back sleeping. Mm. Now, remember, before... SIDS and back to sleep program, babies were routinely mm -hmm. put on their tummies <laughs> yeah. to sleep and were told mm -hmm. so because of medical opinion that if a baby were to spit up, they would choke on it if they were on their back. So you better put them on their tummy. So it switched, it did an about face. So in 1994, 15% of babies were sleeping on their backs. And by 2005, literature shows that 85% of babies were now put on their back. So it totally flip-flopped. And in the same time, SIDS rate decreased by 50%, which is huge. Yeah, it's a great huge. clinical finding. And so yeah. SIDS and back-to-sleep program are, is here to stay. And really, it's not called back-to-sleep anymore. It's now called safe-to-sleep, mm -hmm. which I think is great because mm. they're bringing in more of the warnings and and cautions and things that you can do, like no bumpers in the bed, right. no, no blankets. blankets in the bed, no stuffed animals in the bed, um, no, you know, if there's a higher incidence of SIDS when there's a smoking or drinking in the house, you know, and so all of these other elements are now coming in and safe sleep. So, but, you know, everyone knows back to sleep and hopefully, you know, the next slogan is, you know, safe to sleep and, you know, <laughs> tummy to play. Tummy to play is actually yeah. part of back to sleep. Yeah. So, okay. but, but they added it later. So it really took about 10 years for 
pediatricians to notice that there was a real problem with babies not getting meeting their milestones. And so it went from back to sleep to now it is back to sleep, tummy to play. The problem is, and their literature also shows this, is that pediatricians don't have a really good guideline for when to tell parents to start, how long it should be, what it should really look like, what tummy time is, why, you know, and all of those things. And so that's why we created Move, Play, Grow and these baby wellness classes to really talk about tummy time, the importance of it, but also understanding how it fits into your daily routine, not something like extra exercise. Mm-hmm. I think that after the break, we'll talk a little more about some specific ways that we can do it. And I want to hear a little more about Move, Play, Grow as well. So thanks. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Parent Savers. We are talking to Wendy McKenna, a pediatric physical therapist who's the founder of Move, Play, Grow. Tell me a little bit more about Move, Play, Grow and how it fits into the tummy time movement. So Move, Play, Grow really started with my colleague Rachel Griffin and I, and we started about two years ago. And the reason that we started it was because we were getting more and more referrals for children, who babies who needed physical therapy because they weren't meeting their gross motor milestones, because they had torticollis, which is a medical diagnosis where you have um, a crooked neck and or plagiocephaly, which is the flathead that we talked about earlier. And these are all preventable. And really no one was talking about how do we prevent these. And so that's why we're out there trying now to educate people how to prevent this stuff, but also supporting your baby the best way that we can and the best way that we know how in their development as a whole child. And so our classes go beyond tummy time and tummy to play into more of, you know, bonding and communication and, you know, supporting the gross motor and sensory motor development of the baby. Tummy time being a large part of that, but, but by all means, not, not the only thing. Is that something that's just local here in San Diego? It is right now, and hopefully it will grow over time. <laughs> so, But right now, yes, it is just local in San Diego. However, we do on our website have online consultations available, so anyone can sign up for that, and we can Skype or oh, iChat nice. or you know do video consultations. So cool. Nice. That's mm-hmm. a nice service. So what are some specific exercises that we want to focus on with tummy time or like are there any props, you know, right. r- r- things that we can use that kind of facilitate it and help? Exactly. So the ideal place to do tummy time is on a firm surface on the floor without props. However, there are a lot of babies out there who do not like tummy time on the floor like that. And really, when you're starting with a newborn, it's not about trying to get them to lift their head and turn their head. It's about giving them an experience where they are calm and, again, smashed into the ground like we talked about before. So really, the idea is for you to get down to their level. Get on the floor. Don't just sit in front of them. Lie down next to them. Get on their eye level right within their range. Your head right on the floor. Right on the floor with them between 8 to 12 inches away from them and you can talk to your baby so poo with your baby you. they can <laughs> see yeah. you yeah. you can tell them about their body you can tell them about what they're doing and how they're moving you can tell them about you and who you are you know just keep talking to your baby in that wonderful nice voice that that we all adopt <laughs> right. and 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 just be them be there with them and then in addition to that as a newborn babies often come out and you can almost repackage them exactly how they were in utero. And oftentimes that's an asymmetrical alignment. So they have a preference for one direction or another. So just you want to be aware when you're looking at your baby and observing your baby, are they still exhibiting that 
asymmetry <laughs> and can you try and help them go the other way? And so if they're really always looking right, always looking right, well, then maybe when you place them down, have their head to the left a little bit more, you know, and then you're always reassessing as to like, okay, are they coming along symmetrically? And crisscrossing ankles. I know Elle crisscrosses <laughs> her ankles and she did in utero a certain way. And so we often try to flip them. Flip Is it? That, yeah. Absolutely. You know, okay. same sort of thing. Yes. You know, we're looking at the whole body here and, yeah. and you know, you want, you want to help with the symmetrical development of the right My and left My sister and brother-in-law are PTs also. So I, <laughs> yeah, I never, I never even looked at that with any of my I kids cheat. trying to yeah. like CSI, what position they were in, yeah. like in utero. That's And that's what we do in our classes too, is really teach people how to look at their babies and how to observe them and how to help them, you know, you know, support them as they grow. Yeah. Um, so ideally, going back to your question, ideally we want them to be flat on the ground on a firm surface. A lot of babies don't tolerate that. So depending on the age. So like a kitchen floor or so, a hardwood floor is better than a carpet? No, you can. No, a carpet is is fine. What I mean by hard, a firm surface is one where they are going to be supported by the ground so without sinking into it. Yes. Yeah, so you don't like want to do it a on a pillow, a not right. on a mattress, not, not on, on a mattress, not on a mattress, not on a couch cushion, okay. you know, and not on a whole bunch of pile of blankets where they can kind of grab those blankets and bring them in close to their face and create pockets <laughs> yeah. and yeah. suffocate really you know because when babies go through suffocation and, and die which is horrible and um, you know part of what SIDS is and and it's really about creating pockets of air that don't get a lot of good air exchange and so when you're on a firm surface there's going to be no way for that child to get gathered material around their face that can create that pocket and obviously you're going to be there with them all the time anyway when they're there and so you can help them not do it but I have you know there are certain play mats that have a little bit more cushion to them that are great because they don't gather they provide enough cushion so that if your baby's laying on the floor it's it's comfortable for them and and really comfortable for you to lay down next to them as well but when they start to push into the ground to come away from the surface a little bit more, they actually have something to work off of. Because if you're on a mattress or on a couch cushion, as soon as they push into the surface, they're just going to sink into the surface. Yeah. They're not going to be able to come away. So you want it to be firm enough so that they can come away from the surface, but also comfortable enough that they're going to be, you know, happy there. So on a carpet is great. If you're on a hardwood floor, you know, there are definitely uh, play mats out there on the market that have a little bit more cushion to them. We actually sell one of them on our, on our website and um, that I've really enjoyed. But there are products out there that can help. So. so what if you have a child who just doesn't tolerate being on the floor? Are there other exercises or positions that they can be in um, mm -hmm. to kind of replicate tummy time? Yes. And so like I said at the beginning, tummy time is really about pressure of any support surface being on the baby's belly and gravity pulling them into the ground. And so the things that I like to talk about in our class is the development of the baby and how they get to work off of the ground in tummy time, we're working with two different things. We're working with gravity and we're working with range of motion. So when a baby is first born, their rear end is stuck up in the, in the, in the air and it's so cute. They're these little beetle bugs. And then, and then their arms are such that their elbows are down by the rib cage. By the time they're three months, those, those legs stretch out, the bottom drops down, and the elbows come forward to the point where they're at the shoulder level. And so really what we're trying to do is replicate that development but not too early. So there's different exercises that you would do at different ages. So you're not going to take a newborn and stretch their arms way up overhead to try to get them to do tummy time. You, you want them to be, you know, here and close by. And so the other places that you can do it is on your chest. 
Okay, and then looking at gravity, more horizontal they are, the harder it is for them to pick up their head. The more vertical you are, the easier it is for them to pick up on your head, pick up their head. So if you end up putting them on your chest and laying back at a 45 degree angle, just like just <laughs> Amy's doing right now. Every day going and a little then, bit further well, and further back. Really, and, and yes, and it's again, it's not about, you know, Ex- I don't want to talk about it as exercise. Right. It really is, positioning. it's positioning and it's it's the position of choice that's going to give the best support for your baby developing. So if you just think about it as not something to do extra, but it's just what you do when you're holding your baby. No, that's very helpful. Yeah. 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 I understand that. And then, you know, you, you can go at different angles, whatever is comfortable for you. If you feel like being at a 30 degree angle, great. If you feel like being at a 60 degree angle, great. You know, and your baby's going to be able to tolerate that. Across your chest is one place. Another place is holding them and a tummy down carry and so where you know again a newborn exactly there's a picture of it right there you know a newborn is going to be more packaged much like that picture is on the wall there's a picture of like an outstretched arm with the baby laying on the arm almost like how you hold a football exactly or you can call it a football hold hold. exactly face down football hold (laughs) right right but as your baby grows what you can do then is put your arm underneath the baby's chest Mm -hmm. and bring their arms in front of your arm so that they're more at shoulder level rather than behind shoulder level Mm -hmm. so you're starting to help facilitate that stretched out position that you want to replicate on the floor and again when you're holding them you can change the angle. So you can go up to a 45 degree angle to make it easier. You can go down to flat horizontal again to make it a little bit tougher. And dads usually love this one because you go flying around the house. And flying around the house is one of the most fun things to do. And so, you know, and you can fly up to mirrors, you can fly down to to the couch or to the floor or whatever and you can start getting their hands on things so that they're really pushing into the floor a little bit more and then one of the important things to think about with the carrying hold is that you want to make sure you do it both directions Mm -hmm. we are very as adults one-sided and we do not want to impart our asymmetries onto our baby and so if you think about Every time you pick up your baby the first time, do it on your awkward side. <laughs> so you know you'll get you know you'll get it in. The other way that I like to talk about is if you're gonna be holding your baby in your arms rather than in a carrier, if you're transporting from point A to point B, you hold them in your dominant side because you don't need that dominant side. And then when you get to your destination and you have to do whatever you need to do with a hand, you put them in your non-dominant arm so your arm, your dominant hand can do what it's supposed to do. Our body is designed to walk. So when we walk, one side is doing one thing while the other side is doing the absolute opposite. And that's what makes us have reciprocal movement. And so to go through that true reciprocal movement, you have to go through a stage where you actually have symmetry and everything is working together first. Mm -hmm. And so if you are imparting your asymmetries on the baby or you're not noticing that their asymmetries and trying to help them to be more symmetrical when you can then they never get that left and the right brain working together as well so that the reciprocal things that come later down the road work really well so we talked about the holding and and really again then we morphed into you know the asymmetry making sure you're using your dominant side and your non-dominant side with your baby Um, another great place to do tummy time is on your lap and you can do it either in a sitting position while you're in a chair so that you're sitting at 90, 90 degrees with your hips at 90 degrees, your, your knees at 90 degrees, or you can do it on the floor. And this is a great place because your your lap is a large enough place to support your newborn baby, but also it's a great place for the baby who's stretched out a little bit more to be able to, to be there as well. And what you can do then is whichever way the baby is facing on the head side, that leg can be placed a little bit higher. So again, you're putting them on an angle 
not directly horizontal, but on an angle up, which makes it easier for them to do. And then from there, it's lovely because you can move and you can impart some movement with swaying or rocking or whatever you want to do so the baby's not so bored on a still flat surface. And then you can, again, change the angle of your leg so that the baby is more up or down depending on what they're going to be able to tolerate. And if you have a toy on the floor that they really want to get, they can go get it. If you do it in front of a mirror, you'll be able to see baby because one of the problems with this uh, with this position is that you can't see your baby's eyes mm-hmm. and really what we want to be able to doing is is promoting happy tummy time playful tummy time bonding and communicating with your baby and one of the, the ways that they or the way that they communicate at this point is with their vision and so if you really can't see what their eyes are doing or if they're not connecting with you with their eye gaze then you're not really connected with your baby but if you can do it in front of a mirror and look at them through the mirror you can then still be connected with them yeah i think that it's really interesting that you know, when I hear tummy time initially, it seemed like, oh, throw the kid on the floor, <laughs> let him figure it out. Well, but that's how it's that's how it's set, told to parents. Right. Parents don't really know what it is, why we're doing it, how to do it, you know. Yeah. And, and it really does sound like, nope, they have to be on the floor. And ideally, that's where you want them to be. You're working towards getting them there. Right. But if they don't tolerate it there, you can do these different well, modifications to help them eventually get there. And I love these ideas of, you know, the contact that you're getting by holding them on your lap or your arm or all these other ideas. I think those are great ways to get the tummy time and the benefits that you need. Thanks so much for talking to us in more detail about it, Wendy. Thanks, Amy and Shell, for joining us. Thanks to baby L for being <laughs> such a sweetheart. Maybe you heard her a couple times, but she did Thank a great job. Thank you for having us. Thank Thanks. you for having us. More information for our listeners on um, either Wendy or Move, Play, Grow or about any of our panelists, check out our episode page on our website. We've also got links to more resources about tummy time. We're actually going to continue the conversation uh, for a little bit after the show for members of our Parent Savers Club. Wendy is going to tell us a little bit more about midline and kind of explaining some of the uh, the physical descriptions. There's a lot of words. I wish that they were simple words, even like the diseases. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that uh, for our Parent Savers Club members. Now we have a question from Fiona. Fiona writes, I gave birth to my first baby about three months ago. Overall, I'm happy that the baby is here, although it's a lot of work. But there's the sense of feeling lonely that I just can't shake. I'm surrounded by people, so I'm not physically lonely. I'm just a little sad I'm not pregnant anymore, I guess. Is this normal? Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Jennifer Shear. I am a clinical psychologist with a practice in San Diego. I think that is such a common, normal, typical experience for so many moms. And, you know, pregnancy is a period where we're doing a lot of mental and emotional preparation. So there's a lot of room for us to create our own fantasies and expectations, whether, you know, conscious or unconscious about what we think the baby will be like and how we think it will impact ourselves and our families. You know, and then and then when you have the baby, it's, you know, of course, it's that blessing and that miracle, but there is a very sharp contrast to the harsh reality of the grueling work moment to moment of caretaking. The sharp contrast, again, with everything that was in our own minds before, you know, we're getting up 20 times a night and, and changing diapers. So, so that in itself can sometimes feel a little bit of a letdown and can generate feelings of loneliness or, or temporary sadness. But the other thing is that I think a lot of moms also experience a loneliness in the sense that there's a feeling that you're out there on your own with this awesome responsibility of 
of helping this this new life thrive. And even when you've got people who love you around you and who are participating and involved and supportive, there's still a sense of, you know, it's it's you and it's on you. And that is something that I think all moms can speak to and, and, and feel at one time or another. You know, the other thought I wanted to share with you around what it's like postpartum when you're making these adjustments is that sometimes we miss, you know, part of our, our former selves. You know, there's, there's major, major shifts in lifestyle and, you know, a, a big refocusing right now on caretaking the baby. So not so much time for things that help us feel connected to ourselves and that's something we've got to really be aware of and, and try to incorporate into our lives with baby. Again, I just hope you recognize that feeling is something that many, many women share, and I thank you for bringing it up. That wraps it up for today's episode of Parent Savers. We appreciate you listening very much. Thank you so much for joining us, whether it was on our website, on the app, or you downloaded us from the iTunes store. Don't forget to check out our sister shows. We've got Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents and our show The Boob Group for Moms Who Breastfeed. Next week, we're going to be talking about parenting tips from around the globe. This is Parent Savers, empowering new parents. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.